This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on this Friday. And for anyone just tuning in, normally tuning in at the normal two to four slot. Today we started at one o'clock. JT the Brick was off today, so went ahead and jumped on. Got a little extra hour under the belt today. And you know me, I'm never never upset an extra hour of radio. So myself and my man Joe, we're riding side by side today for the next couple hours. Then Vinny Bonsignor, he'll be at the TI, Treasure Island, from 4 to 6 p.m., closing things out, closing this week out. So if you want to go hang out with Vinny, make sure you do that again. Treasure Island, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, my man Damon Cotton, he's over actually on our sister station right now with Steve Cofield, uh, ESPN Las Vegas. Just had a whole lot of things going on today. There's a whole lot of weird kind of going on around the building, around the city. Apparently the internet's been out for most of the city already today. And uh, I had a little bit of a, not a power surge, but I was at the house working on something. All of a sudden my lights kind of just flashed for a quick second, but nothing went all the way out. But here at the radio station, everything went out. And then, and that was when uh, Clay Baker was on during the morning tailgate this morning with Heidi Fang. And they went down for a quick minute. ESPN went down for a minute. Our Fox station went down for a minute. And then we were all able to bounce back up. But it's just been a really weird day today. But that's okay. We navigate through it. We make it work. And our guy Joe is holding it down here. So if you call in, uh, he'll he'll be the one answering the phone. So make sure you treat him right. 702-365-9200. He's doing a fantastic job and really just jumped into action just on, on, a, on the strength of a call. Hey, man, can you come in today? Yeah, I got you. I'll be there. So, boom, there he goes. No pressure. He's, he's holding it down. I uh, got some text messages and a couple tweets that I want to get to before I let you hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. And I don't know why, but every time I say his name, I have to say it like that. I don't know why. It just feels like I have to say it like that. So I do. Got a tweet from Rick. Said, Q, listening to the show right now, weird moment. I knew Naya Rivera was a Raider fan, and I had a huge crush on her, RIP, but had no clue that that was Michael, that Michael was her brother. Mind blown. That's from my guy Rick on Twitter, and yep. That was his sister, Naya Rivera, Michael Rivera, no doubt about it. Also been throwing out the, the question, who was an under-the-radar radar that was Raider that was, one of your fa- that was one of your favorites? Had a lot of good answers. Got some good text messages, 69187, keyword R&R. How about this one? How about Albert Lewis? We had Terry McDaniel earlier. Those are the two bookends, right? Albert Lewis on one side and Terry McDaniel on the other side. Yeah, they were, they were, definitely, uh, they were definitely under-the-radar guys, but they were, uh, they were some fun players. They were really cool. I was a big Albert Lewis and Terry McDaniel guy. Uh, I saw one earlier. Oh, Harvey Williams, Mr. Longneck, Deuce Deuce, former Kansas City Chief. Harvey Williams had one of the longest necks in the game between him and who was the other one at, in San Francisco? Oh, man, I, I hate that I forgot his name. Uh, now he's a, he's a commissioner out there. Man, what was his name? Oh, man. Anyway, there's a couple guys that had some real long necks in the game. And Harvey Williams was one of them. Merton Hanks. That was the other one. That's who I was thinking of. Merton Hanks. He had, he had the long neck, and then he always used to do the dance as well. Um, got a text. 
Remember KD Williams worked at the airport, then got the invite to tryouts and destroyed training camp. All the all the vets stood up to watch him. Disappeared in like week four, nineteen ninety eight. I don't remember that story. I remember the name KD Williams, but I don't remember that story. That's cool. I like that story though. That's a good one. Let's get a couple of quick calls in real quick at a 702-365-9200. How about Vice Raider, our guy right here in Las Vegas? What's up, Vice? You, my favorite Raider, just uh, by the name alone, was James J. Olympic <laughs> sprinter. He would outrun the ball, man. They couldn't get the ball to him fast enough or throw it long enough to him, you know? Yes. That's my favorite Raider, you know? Yes. And he, exactly. And then also, too, you know, I don't have a free agent that the Raiders should get. Off the top of my head, but another underrated Raider was homeboy on the sideline, run, run. That old man used to run just as fast oh, as yeah. James Jeff and down the sideline. He was an athletic trainer. I don't know who he was, but I used to watch the sideline just for him, man, because see an old man running up and down the field, helping the trainers, helping the players. That was a sight to see within the game itself. Yes, yes, old run, run, man. Uh, rest in peace to run, run. But, yeah, I remember him, man. He was a guy that everybody paid attention to. He was always a staple on that Raiders sideline. And then James Jett, uh, that dude had wheels. He didn't have the greatest hands, but he had the wheels, man. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I remember, you know who made him really good? was Jeff George. When Jeff George was the yeah. quarterback, James Jett caught everything from Jeff George. And he was only the quarterback for, what, a year with the Raiders? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I got you. Hey, good stuff, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. We've got to catch up soon, brother. Yeah, definitely. We'll do. All right, cool. See you later, my man. All right, up next, Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, Passionate? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, man, Q? Hey, Q, man, I've just been trying to get a hold of you. Just been really wanting to ask you one question, man. Uh oh. As, as being a lifelong Raider fan as we've been, how does it really feel for you to be there with all of this going on right now? I mean, I couldn't, it, I couldn't fathom it, man. So, so I mean, you, you're living the dream, man, as being a lifelong Raider fan and everything that's going on, because man. Now, you know, for years and years, you know, we always was laughed at the Raiders this, the Raiders that. Man, you can't walk around now without with everyone look when you get with the Raider hat with Raider now and just being like, damn, look at the Raiders. Like, it feels good to be a Raider today. Let's go, Raiders! Yeah, there you go. Great call, my man. I do appreciate you. That's passionate Raider right there. And I'll tell you. Uh, I think about this. That's a good question. I think about that all the time. You know, like I sit back and try to remember and think, you know, where I was to where I am right now. And I remember really just it's humbling. Let's put it like that. Being here right now is very humbling. You know, being the kid that used to walk across the the bridge at the Coliseum with my boy Daniel, we went to the game, we hustled tickets to the game, we sat in the stands, you know, we, we were in the parking lot tailgating with my boy Corey. I mean, we were, we were all out there, right? You know, my mom was out there, Mama Q. We were all out there just doing what we do. And for it to come full circle and I get to be working in a field that I love and really I got established in 2012 doing sports, but to be able to cover my favorite team all the time, I get to talk about the Raiders when people normally, when I was in Texas, they'd be like, oh God, here goes Q talking about the Raiders here. Oh gosh, here's Q. Oh God. You know, and it's like now it's like, go ahead, Q, talk about the Raiders. It's cool. So, you know, don't ever want to put myself into a bucket in a, in a, in a, in like a, a pigeonhole where that's all I could talk about, but being able to talk about the Raiders on the daily and live this and go to training camp and cover the team and, you know, all this stuff and, and try to bring the best, you know, uh, information and everything to you, it's great. It's great. It, it really is. And it's very humbling, like I said, because everyone doesn't get the opportunity to, to live out their dream. And right now I have that opportunity, so I'm trying to make the most of it. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Who, who we got? Uh, we got a what up next? Dark Side Dawn, welcome to the show. 
good. What's good, Q? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, so I got one. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but his name is Nick Bell. Yes. He's from, yes. He's from Vegas, right? Yep. And, and growing up as a kid, out here, uh, we used to go to a lot of a lot of high school games. So he went to Clark. Clark used to be tough back in the day. Yeah. And uh, or Bonanza, it might have been Bonanza. Okay. But I remember seeing him balling out here, and then to see him play for the Raiders after going to Iowa was like that was what made me think that I could make it. Yeah. Nice. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that call, my man. I do appreciate it. I think your phone cut out a little bit there, but uh, we got the gist of it. And yeah, Nick Bell, I remember that name. No. Good stuff right there. Let me go ahead and get a couple of these texts real quick while my man gets a, a couple names. Uh, oh, here we go. How about Kenny Shed? Remember Kenny Shed? Oh, that was a hell of a name. Here's another one from Raider J in Sacramento, Marcus Tui Asasopo. I thought he was going to be a really good quarterback. I did. I was excited about him. That was the Washington product. He's a coach somewhere right now. I can't remember where. But, yeah, Marcus Tui Asasopo, I was excited about him. Uh, let's see. Big dub Raider, long neck from the 49ers was Merton Hanks. Yeah, he sure is. That was Merton Hanks uh, for sure. And then uh, best ability is availability. Go, Joel. Thanks. Go, go Joe. Thanks, big deuce. All right. Uh, Fargo Raider, you're up next, my man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q and Joe, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a I have a little two-parter. I'm a, I'm a sucker for the backfield, you know. So <laughs> my, my – uh, my underrated guy, under the radar guy, is going to be Jameis Olawale. Dude was a beast. Yeah, yeah, I loved watching him play. And then I think that was when we had Jared Cook too. Right. And they were they were beasting. And my other guy, I'm always going to root. I were, I was always going to root for him. Wish he'd have stayed healthy more. I came, you know, I grew up half my life in Arkansas, so D-Mac was that dude for yeah. me, man. Yeah, yeah. And because of him, they had hella uh, Raider gear. Down in Little Rock Mall, so I could poop on on gear for the low, cause you know, right? Got to stock up. Right. Thank you guys for taking my call, and you have a good one. All right, hey man, thank you, Fargo Raider. I appreciate the call, no doubt about it. And yeah, Darren McFadden, man, he he was supposed to be a star, right? He was supposed to help out uh, Jamarcus Russell and be his best friend. And I, man, I sure had high hopes for him, and it just never shook out, just because, like you said, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't healthy. Now I understand Big Deuce's text. I was kind of confused at first from Big Deuce's text, but I got it. He said, best ability is availability. Go, Joe. So he's actually giving you props, Joe, for coming in today and uh, holding it down. That's what he, okay. That was a good one, Big Deuce. Right, uh, It's a man from my heart right there. I like that. Uh, let's talk to Steven. Is he in Massachusetts? Steve, all right, Steven, Massachusetts. What's up, my man? Hey, how's it going, man? Raider fan in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Nice. Have to keep it. New England, Mark Van Egan would be my unsung Raider. Ooh, good one. And my, I would have liked to see him sign that linebacker, Wagner, from the Seahawks. Ooh, there, that's the first time we heard Bobby Wagner's name. That's a good one. Good one, Steve. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. Yeah, I like that. Hey, Bobby Wagner would be a dog. Can you imagine Bobby Wagner and Denzel Perryman next to each other? You got Divine Diablo, and oh man, you got those. That's some. That's some real deal athleticism. That's some real deal linebacker play. That would be fantastic. Great, uh, great call, my man. Let's get one more call in, and then we'll get some sound from Mel Kiper Jr. And of course, we have Teresa Walker coming up at two thirty. But let's take it to the five five nine. Robert in Fresno, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Um, one player that I always liked growing up watching, it was in the 90s, was, uh, I'm sure you remember, he wasn't very, like, well-known, but he just always seemed to make the roster and just was Kenny Shedd. Yeah, yep. 
Yep, yep. Kenny said he did it, man. He made things happen. Yeah, I've always liked him, man. He played with Tim Brown, stuff like that. But, you know, just growing up, you kind of, you know, I I wasn't a big uh, Rocket Ishmael, James Jett guy. I just felt like James Jett always dropped the ball. And Ricky Dudley, oh, man, that dude dropped the ball a lot. But, <laughs> you know, Ken, Kenny Shedd was someone that I always liked. But, hey, man, you have a great weekend, brother. Go Raiders. All right. Hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, Rick, Ricky Dudley. Ricky Dudley was that guy for sure. He, uh, he, he was a big dude. You knew he had the ability, but he just – didn't hold on to the ball consistently. And then he made the tough catches. That's what was frustrating about Ricky Dudley. He'd make the really tough catch, and then the easy one that you think he's supposed to catch, he'd drop. It was so frustrating. I remember he caught a ball, a touchdown pass, in the back of the end zone at the Coliseum. Clearly his foot was out of bounds. And some reason the officials gave him a touchdown, and that was the one that he really didn't catch. And everything else is the ones that were right there, he would drop. He was so frustrated. And then... He would get his haircut at the barbershop that me and Corey would go to all the time, uh, Gums Barbershop right there in Hayward. So we'd see him there all the time. And uh, Eric Allen was going there as well. C. Wood would go there once in a while. Uh, but we always would see Ricky Dudley in there. So we'd always start talking shop with Ricky. And it was a pretty fun conversation. But uh, he was frustrating. But thank you for those calls. Thanks for the text as well. I do appreciate it. When we come back, we promise we'll hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. Hear some of his sound from his draft uh, teleconference that he had just the other day. When we come back, this is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Now, it's not all about free agency because the draft is right around the corner. And without first or second round picks, fine. Still have the rest of the draft to navigate through and try to get some real talent. And the Raiders traditionally have been good at getting guys in the later rounds, like a Max Crosby, like a Hunter Renfro. Guys like that have shined. A Nate Hobbs, you know, they, they shine a little bit later. So. Not really having to focus in on the first two rounds. Want to kind of focus in on a little bit later rounds. Mel Kuyper Jr. from ESPN. He always holds a pre-draft conference call. And a lot of the media jumps on the call. Daniel Jeremiah did one earlier. Matter of fact, before the combine. And he'll do another one. I think Mel will do one more before the draft is actually here. So I always like to go through these, listen to them, and break them on down. And see what makes sense for the show. So I thought this was a a really good soundbite from him. From Mel talking about second to third round wide receivers and also corners that are guys that are going to be really good guys after the top guys. Because again, we're not focusing on the top guys for the silver and black because they don't have a first or second round pick. But here's Mel talking about second to third round wide receivers and also top corners after the top, top guys. I think wide receiver is going to be really interesting. I I love Sky Moore from Western Michigan. I think he's the most under player in this draft at any position. So I think he's the kind of guy, you get him in the second round, he turns out to be, I think, better than maybe some of the wide receivers go in the first round. This kid attacks the football. He has a guy, in, after the catch, he's unbelievable to watch. I mean, he's compact, he's strong, he uses a stiff arm, he breaks tackles. Loves Sky Moore from Western Michigan as a second-round pick. Same thing with Calvin Austin the third from Memphis. He can fly. He's a, he's a diminutive receiver, but he's tough. He's got good hands, and he's got punt returns. 
skills. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati is another one in that second, third round area with the size, with the frame he has, really good hands, tested extremely well for his size, had a really productive year with Desmond Ritter. Uh, he's another second, third round guy, has a lot of ability. So the Kyle Phillips is a great, is a Hunter Renfro type slot receiver coming out of UCLA. So there's going to be uh, some receivers that are very interesting. Corner, there's a lot of mixed opinion. After the top three at corner, which are Stingley or Gardner in no particular order, then McDuffie from Washington, the fourth corner is open, wide open. There's a ton of opinions on who should be the fourth corner. Tariq Woolen former receiver at UTSA. Could be, but he's very raw. And if you saw him in the final game, he didn't like what you saw there in coverage. Andrew Booth Jr. did not have a great year at Clemson. Thought he could be a top 15 pick. Didn't play like it. Kyler Gordon didn't test great out of Washington. Roger McCreary is more of a slot corner, but he didn't play in the slot. So he's a projection. I like Marcus Jones a lot out of Houston. Uh, I like his teammate Pepe Williams uh, as well out of Houston. Kyir Elam out of Florida. He's got length, but it was too many penalties there. And uh, sleep would be Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State who's got great length and I'll tell you what, uh, he played well and he's got incredible ball skills. So uh, Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State in the third or fourth round would be a nice pick but trying to figure out a consensus, you can't you have no consensus on who the fourth corner is right now. There you go, Mel Kuyper Jr. And I, I like to get that information. I like to get that background on some later round picks. You hear that the wide receivers and you hear corners. Both positions are pretty deep in this draft. And I, I wanted to focus in on wide receivers because I know the Raiders are loaded right now, but they're loaded right now. Doesn't mean that they can't get a guy for later on. And the corner position is something that I've been really trying to focus in on as well. think that the Raiders really need to try to focus in on that. I like Zion McCollum from Sam Houston State. I know a lot of people are going to say, Sam Houston State, no! Didn't work out very well with the last guy from Sam Houston State. I get it. But I think Zion has the opportunity to be a player, especially if he doesn't have to be thrown into the mix immediately. So that's just something to pay attention to, a couple different areas to focus in on when it comes to the silver and black and who they could potentially looking at later on in the draft. Offensive line, that's still an area of concern. So there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of offensive tackles. There's a lot of offensive guards that could be out there and do some really good things. One guy who's climbing up the, the boards, and I don't know if he's going to be gone before the Raiders pick, but is the young man out of Tulsa. Offensive tackle Tyler Smith. Uh, he's now on a lot of folks' radar. So here's Mel Kuyper Jr. talking about how he got on his radar and what is his thoughts on him. Well, you got to see if he was going to come out, number one. So once he decided to come out, that's the, then you start going back and evaluating him. And obviously, there's a lot to work with there. The talent's in abundance. You watch him, and he's entertaining to watch because he just, he just goes after you. He's got that, that defensive lineman mentality. So he finishes. He plays past the whistle. He does all that. He's got a little Trevor Penning in him there. Um, but he, had some, he was heavily penalized. His hand usage, his technique, pass protection needs to be worked on. And that's where, again, you know, something guard. I think he's a, he's a really good developmental. You can coach. You can fix what he lacks right now, where he's deficient. So that's all fixable. An offensive line coach will look at Tyler Smith and say, boy, Give me this guy in the 20 to 32 range, and I'll take him in a second. Uh, you know, for, so forget guard. I, know project, I think he's a tackle, and uh, yeah, I projected him to the Dallas Cowboys. So he's, he's a, he's a first-rounder. Um, how high? I wouldn't be shocked if he went anywhere between, say, maybe 17 with the Chargers looking at an offensive tackle, more of a right tackle. Uh, like I say, I have him going to the Cowboys as a right tackle. Uh, but he's, you know, in two, three years, he could be a pro Bowl caliber player. 
So there you go right there. And again, a guy that probably won't be there when the Raiders pick because it sounds like he's going to be an early pick, but uh, he's really starting to climb the radar and a guy that uh, is, is getting a lot of attention and, you know, sitting there sliding into that right tackle position. Uh, again, I don't think that the Raiders are going to have an opportunity to grab him, but he is a guy that is getting a ton of attention. And one more little soundbite before we get to Teresa Walker from the AP talking uh, all things Tennessee Titans, and we'll really focus in uh, on, on Jawan on Jion Brown, uh, the linebacker that the Raiders just picked up. Uh, how about Carson Strong? Quarterback Carson Strong, he goes to the University of Nevada. So I I just thought I'd get a little bit of uh, quarterback conversation in here. So here's Mel Kuyper Jr. talking about Nevada quarterback Carson Strong. Yeah, I just have to wait and see on Carson. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's a team that wants a pocket passer with a big time arm. I mean, he can. You, why this kid can throw the football? And I, you know, which one of the which which team would it be? A Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle? A team that that passes on the quarterbacks early on that wants a guy like that to develop? You know, think about you know you know teams you know. Davis Mills is at Houston. They like Davis Mills, so they probably wouldn't go that route. Uh, you know, if you want a team, you know, down the line a little bit that could look for a quarterback that, that say, okay, let's throw a guy into the mix. Uh, what happens with Jordan Love at Green Bay? Do they trade Jordan Love? Do they keep him? If they if they, they move Jordan Love, then you maybe draft a, a Carson Strong. If they keep Jordan Love, you don't. Uh, but I could see then the Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle teams like that. Uh, Detroit, if they pass on a quarterback early on, uh, going that direction. Uh, Romeo Dubs. I I have a fourth, fifth round grade on, and just to go to Cole Turner, I have a sixth, seventh round grade on. So there he is right there talking about Carson Strong and talking about where he might end. And uh, he's a guy that we pay attention to because he's here uh, in Nevada or w- went to the University of Nevada. He's got a little bit of injury history, but he's a guy that has a really, really strong arm and could potentially end up being uh, maybe even just a backup to start off with and maybe develop into something. But uh, he has a place in the NFL. Just don't know exactly where that's going to be. Coming up next, we'll talk to Teresa Walker from the AP. She'll join us to talk all things Jayon Brown, the new linebacker for the Silver and Black, what he brings to the table. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Talked a little bit of NFL draft in the last segment. Now it's time to turn our attention back to free agency. And the Raiders picked up linebacker Jayon Brown yesterday and saw a lot of Tennessee Titan fans wishing him luck and saying that they're going to miss him. And he was a heck of a player. So I thought, you know what? I need to reach out to someone who's going to have all the answers. And that's Teresa Walker from the AP. Does a fantastic job covering every sport in the area uh, on Twitter at Teresa M. Walker. And Teresa, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. And Jayon Brown, uh, the Raiders picked him up on a one-year deal. I know that he's been with the Titans for about five years. They drafted him in 2017 in the fifth round. Uh, what can you tell us about Jayon Brown? Seems like a lot of fans are going to miss the guy. Well, he, he's just a wonderful young man. I mean, you know, every time you see him, he's smiling. He's he's somebody you want to be around. And, you know, he's made some great plays for the, for the Tennessee Titans, which, you know, always in, impresses a fan base, right? Uh, and when you're a fifth-round pick, you know, they, they love those kids who seem to you know, come out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. And a fifth rounder, you know, he became a starter for this team. You know, he, he started 39 of uh, 66 games played for the Titans, had four picks. I mean, you know, four forced fumbles. I mean, he, he made some things happen. He, you know, a tackle leader for, you know, for a few seasons in there. So, you know, very, and you put that production on the field together with a great personality. It is not, there's nothing not to like about Jayon Brown. And with this move, you know, this is a guy who's a California native, graduated from UCLA, gets him closer to, uh, you know, to his home area. And I'll, I'll just say this, uh, you know, the Titans, the only reason he's gone 
is because the Titans wound up upgrading at that position, and that's why he found himself on the free agent market again. That's exactly what uh, I was understanding is uh, David Long, I guess, they like him just a little bit more, <laughs> you know, just because of what he brings to the table. But I, I, I'm hearing and understanding, again, doing a little bit of research, that Jayon is really good at covering tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield. Would that be correct? Yes, he's got speed. He can go from side to side, and he is very good at covering tight ends. Um, you know, and, and that's exactly what they loved about him. But, you know, a little bit undersized maybe at six foot, and that, that does not help you, so to speak, because, you know, that, that's – but the speed is absolutely there, and he can thump, he can tackle. So, you know, there's no issues with that. And him being a guy that's been with the Tennessee Titans for five years, like I mentioned, he was drafted in 2017 in the fifth round. How much have you just seen him grow as a player in that, in that time period? Oh, absolutely. When he was drafted, it's like, oh, he's just going to come into passing situations. Uh, and then he worked his way into the lineup as a starter. Uh, and, and he got to a point where he was wearing the green dot, helping communicate with the, off, uh, the rest of the defense. So and you get that when you're you know, doing exactly what your coaches want to do and being a great communicator. So, uh, you know, that's absolutely, you know, he, he developed and grew uh, beyond what was expected to be when he was drafted, just a kind of spot you know, uh, uh, situation guy because of the speed and his ability to cover. Nice. I mean, well, you know, the AFC West, you see how it's all stacked up and there's some really good tight ends in the in the uh, division. Also, some really good running backs that I'm sure he's going to be tasked to have to try to uh, cover those guys. And it sounds like he'll have the ability to do that. And it sounds like he's also a guy that the teammates also love that. Like you said, he has a big smile on his face. He's a real personable guy. Just sounds like the teammates love to be around him as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a great fit in the locker room. Again, because he's just, he's a happy person. You know, hardworking, happy. I mean, it, there's, there's, if there's something to not like about J.M. Brown, I have not been able to find that out in his time in Tennessee. Wow, that's that's big time right there. Again, we're talking with Teresa Walker from the AP, uh, talking all things Tennessee Titans. And so they have a guy that replaces him. So now he gets the opportunity to go with the, the Raiders and do what he does and, and be under Patrick Graham and that defensive scheme that they're trying to implement. And so if there was one area, I know you said he's a little undersized, but if there's one area that he needs to continue to develop his game, where would you think it would be? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, probably Rundy. Uh, and I say that despite the fact that, you know, he, he's, he's proven to be a very good tackler in his career, uh, it, just that, and probably the be- biggest thing, staying healthy. You know, he mm. was limited to, uh, you know, 10 games this last year because of injuries, and, and that's the one knock on him. And, you know, in 2020, he was limited to 10 games as well. So, you know, he, he's only played 16 full games in a season his first two years in the league. So, uh, you know, you know what they say. Right. Be available. Yes. And be available is, is what matters most. Right. No doubt. That's something he's going to have to do. He's going to have to be healthy. He can't contribute from the sideline. I mean, it's just no doubt about that. I did want to ask you about the Titans and the moves that they've been making. They went out and uh, made the trade for Robert Woods. Uh, that was a, a big-time wide receiver they're bringing in. Julio Jones, they released. What have you thought of the Titans offseason that they've had so far? Well, it's one of those things that a year ago they kind of, they needed to desperately fix their defense because they were if if they weren't at the bottom of the NFL in categories they could see it from there. Uh, so they went out last year and addressed the defense. Julio Jones, you know, it was it was one of those situations where they wanted to see what they had in him, but you know let's be honest, you know he another guy who dealt with injuries. I mean, right. They were a team that set the NFL record 91 different players used last year. And, uh, you know, Julio Jones had the lowest, uh, fewest catches, fewest yards, uh, one touchdown 
guys, that came in the final regular season game. Mm. So while he was very helpful and productive in the playoff loss, you know, it, it, again, you got to be available. I, I don't, you know, and and you know, he just turned thirty three in February. So you know, the speed that he had, hands are still great. But you know, that's the challenge with a great wide receiver is when they hit the wall, hit the cliff, so to speak. It can be sudden. You know, Randy Moss finished up his career in Tennessee as well. I think with eight games, he hardly got the ball thrown to him when he got <laughs> here to Tennessee because it was, you know, they picked him up off of waivers and it felt more at the time like it was a protection move to keep him from going to Indy. And then they just didn't seem to know what to do with him. Well, they had Julio. They knew what they wanted to try to do with him, but you had to have him available to help with that. That was the challenge. So with Robert Woods, he's younger. Yes, he's coming off a torn ACL. But uh, they like what he brings to all facets of the game and expect him to be healthy sooner rather than later this year. How big of a year is this for Ryan Tannehill? What does he have to do? Does he have to go out and prove something to, to hold on to that spot? Well, I don't think so this year, but he, de- he does need to snap back and be the guy he, po- he was in 2020 when he only had seven interceptions. You know, the picks were up last year. The uh, sacks were way up last year. Uh, part of that problem was the offensive line had injuries. Guys were going in and out of the lineup, sometimes in games. Uh, you know, when they played the San Francisco 49ers in December, you know, they, they were down to their third left tackle, a rookie, who found out hours before that he was going to start. So, you know, Ryan Tannehill was kind of a constant for this offense last year. So, you know, in the locker room, they don't have a problem with him. You know, the front office, I'm sure they're going to need to see him get the ball out faster, make faster decisions, limit the turnovers. Um, because, yeah, right now the, the, the lasting memory is of three interceptions in the playoff loss to a team that ended up going to the Super Bowl, which is what the Tennessee Titans are trying to do for the first time since uh, 2000 at the end of the 1999 season. So, you know, and, and he's got two more years left on his deal effectively. Um, they, they need to see improvement, that's for sure. Right, absolutely. And I'll tell you, that's the lasting memory that I have as well. The three interceptions he threw after Tennessee sacked Burrow nine times. Like, that's all I could think of is nine sacks, and they found a way to lose because of those three interceptions. And so as far as the AFC goes, I mean, you've been covering the NFL for a very long time. Can you believe how crazy this offseason's been? Oh, it's one of the craziest, if not the craziest NFL season I can remember. And I've been watching the league since the mid-70s. So only covering it for, you know, 25 years and counting. But, um, it, it, I mean, you've got trades. You've got Tyree Kill going to Miami. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, people signing with, the, you know, the AFC West is in an arms race, essentially. Right. So, uh, and it's been musical chairs with quarterbacks. And we're still waiting for Baker Mayfield to find a chair. So it, it, it's it's been fun to watch. And, I mean, shoot, right? Yeah, I think somebody tweeted a couple of weeks ago that at this rate, the NFL is going to be claiming March Madness yes. for free agency uh, and taking away from uh, the, the hoops. It, they really have, and it, that's unfortunate. Until last weekend, I really didn't feel like the, the the NCAA tournament was going on because everything that was going on in the NFL was just bananas. So they finally let the NCAA have a few days <laughs> so they can claim March Madness again. But, man, it has been crazy. And final question for you. Uh, I remember back in 2019, the draft was there in Nashville. That's where I ran into you. It was great to uh, finally get to meet you in person. Well, the draft this year is here in Las Vegas. So how much fun or stress is it when the city that you're in, you're covering the team there, is the host city for the draft? Oh, it, it's a lot because, uh, you know, it, there's there's things to be done beforehand and coverage. So, and guess what? When they start setting up, it's going to take and shut down that area for a few days uh, before they start the draft. 
I'm very curious. People in Nashville are very curious to see what the turnout is for this in, in, in uh, Las Vegas because right now they've got the bragging rights of having mm-hmm. 600,000 come <laughs> through three days in Nashville. So uh, they're watching, and they're, they're trying to figure out how to top that when they get this again in the future. And, and while they're, I, don't, I don't know that they've bid yet, uh, I don't think that they'll wait much longer before they try to get back in queue. No, I don't think so either. And I'll tell you what, I had never been to Nashville until we went there for the draft, and that place is fantastic. I would love to go back to Nashville. Uh, everyone there, the city did a great job with the draft. I, I thought it was great. And uh, there, were, there were a lot of people there, 600,000, like you mentioned, over those three days uh, going up and down the, the main street there. It was so much fun. But, uh, man, we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of next month here in Las Vegas. I'm sure it's going to be crazy as well. Well, what do you have coming out on the AP that we need to be on the lookout for before we let you go? Well, I had a story yesterday on the Tennessee Lady Vols and them mm. being back, or at least close to back to the standards that they've got. And actually, it's going to be a little quiet for a, uh, for a week. I'm taking a little uh, downtime to rest up because NBA playoffs start in three weeks or two and a half at this point, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, and then the NFL draft at the end of April, and uh, I, I cover the Memphis Grizzlies. I cover the NHL uh, Nashville Predators. And, oh, oh yeah, those Titans. So there's all sorts of stuff coming up. <laughs> yeah, you stay busy for sure. I know you do. And uh, covering the Memphis Grizzlies must be a lot of fun. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. They are really, really good. Are you coming out to Vegas for the draft? I'm not. I'll be here covering the Titans. Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I would love to come out there. But as you can imagine, that's a popular, you know, a lot of people <laughs> raise their hands to come out to cover this one. I have no doubt about it. I, I Believe me, I'd be the same guy if I wasn't already here in Las Vegas. But, Teresa, thank you uh, for your time as always. I really do appreciate you. You're fantastic. Uh, enjoy everything that you got. Enjoy your downtime, and we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. There she goes. Teresa Walker from the AP does a great job covering everything that she covers and getting a little bit of downtime before it really gets ramped up. Not mad at her at all for that. 2.42 is the time. Come back. Take some of your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Who was one of your favorite under-the-radar Raiders back in the day? Someone that wasn't being talked about, not a household name, but just someone that you were like, man, I'm a big fan of that person. And then, as far as free agency goes, if the Raiders could sign one more person, who would you want that person to be? Let us know about it. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team. And that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family. Except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 248 to time here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on the say Roughness. Got a text from our guy, Mailman Raider, on the Salmon S text line at 69187 QR. Q, I don't know if he was under the radar guy because I was very young when he played for us, but Jerry Porter, he was my favorite player growing up. If I'm not mistaken, he was the wide receiver third behind uh, Tim Brown and Jerry Rice. And uh, thank you, Mailman Raider, for that text. I do appreciate you. And yet, Jerry, uh, Jerry Porter was the guy that really kind of stretched the field. Old number 84, I remember him, man. It would be Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, and then you had Jerry Porter on the outside. And uh, yeah, man, when he was on, he was on. Then when he wasn't on, 
And I remember when he became a free agent and he did the whole little taking his helmet off and yelling that, hey, I'm free and all this other BS and ended up in Jacksonville and did nothing with the Jaguars after that. Um, that I know he fell out of favor with a lot of Raiders, a lot of Raider fans when that happened. But yeah, Jerry Porter was a he was a cool player while he was a cool player. I just it just made me think of though when you said Jerry Porter. Remember David Dunn? Remember DD? Uh, he was he was a big wide receiver, but he also played kick returner. And I remember I was at that game where the game went to overtime, and for some reason I don't know who the team was that that they were playing, but they kicked off to David Dunn, old DD, and he fumbled the damn ball. He fumbled on the on the kick return, and the other team recovered, kicked the field goal, won the game in overtime. And I don't think David Dunn ever played another game. If he did, he never played another season. He might have finished out that season, but he never played another game. With a, or another another year after that with the Raiders, that was uh, man, I was so mad when he fumbled that ball. That was uh, that was something right there. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for that that text. I do appreciate your mailman Raider. Uh, how about Vegas Pete Van McElroy was an under radar guy signed Balaga or another vet right tackle. Van McElroy's been getting a lot of love, and that's cool. We've had Van McElroy on the show before. Uh, he's a good dude, a uh, hell of a player. Uh, and then as far as Balaga goes, I think he was he's been kind of banged up a lot. So I'm not really too big a fan of him, uh, but I am a fan of getting a veteran right tackle. I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, no, Leatherwood's good. Put him back in the tackle spot. You know, he, these, these coaches are going to coach him up. I mean, there's a chance. You know, I don't want to say there's no chance that he could pull that off and go to the right tackle spot and, and pull it off. But I just feel like, man, if you really try and, and force him back into that right tackle position and it doesn't work, then you just wasted a bunch of time. And that's, that's, that's the only reason I keep saying leave him at right guard. I just don't want the Raiders to waste their time trying to get him to be something that he potentially is not. Instead, I just want him to be able to spend a whole offseason as the right guard and really focus in on that. But we'll see what happens. I I agree with you that veteran uh, right tackle would be really good idea. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Texas, the Lone Star State. Talk to my guy, Tim. What's on your mind, Tim? Hello. How y'all doing? We're blessed, man. How are you? Um, one of my most over, uh, underrated players that I used to love was uh, Reggie Kinlaw. Mm. I thought Re- I thought Reggie. Ken- I know that's kind of back in the day. I was I was numbered about four or five years old, maybe six years old. But I just remember him. Um, I mean, he was just off the chain. One of the best uh, defensive uh, nose tackles that you could ever see. And he was he would he didn't, he didn't even weigh three hundred pounds. But one of my favorites was uh, James Jet. <laughs> Everybody was always trying to get rid of James Jet. They bring in all these different players. James Jett was always there. He always stuck around. Uh, um, Rich, even Rich Gannon kind of um, kind of said some bad things about him, but he was all whenever whenever we really needed something. And Tim Brown was covered. James Jett was always wide open. <laughs> he was the fastest dude on the field. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. He just had a problem catching the ball sometimes, <laughs> but he was. I did like oh eight two man. James Jett. He was a, a short dude, but he had some. Uh, he has no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's James Jett. I don't know. I started thinking. I started getting a, a bunch of different players confused. But uh, yeah, James Jett was a, a, a player that he was. He was fast. He had those wheels. Uh, how about Raider Tom? What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, I got I got two for you, real quick. Um, and I thought he, I, I wish he would have played. Are you there? Did we lose you? Oh, yes, we, sir. oh, there you are. Okay, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Q? Hey, what's up? Who's this? This Aaron in Vegas. Oh, what's up, Aaron? I don't know what happened. We just hey. lost we just lost Raider Tom, but we got Aaron in Vegas. So, what's up, Aaron? Hey, I'll take the call. I just <laughs> I just got in on the back end of the conversation. I heard you guys talking about old Raider greats. 
I haven't heard nobody bring up Napoleon Kaufman yet. Yeah, yeah. No, we had a text. We had a text that said Napoleon Kaufman. Old Nap, man, he was one of my favorites. Man, he was one of my favorites. Him, John Ritchie, uh, that whole squad back there, James Jett, like the previous caller just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're looking good now, Q, man. I'm happy, man. I ain't been uh, I ain't been able to reach out to you uh, lately. I've been having some dealing with some health issues, but oh. I'm getting myself together, man, and I'm I'm ready to go, man. I'm so excited for Raider Nation. Uh, I'm ready to roll. Let's go, Raiders. Stand up, baby. Tell everybody else to stay off our you-know-what. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you wasn't riding with us 10 years ago. We don't need you. We don't need your support now. We I, got this. I heard Let's that. Roll. Hey, great call, man. Great call. Great to hear from you, and I'm, I'm glad you're doing better, man. Keep on keeping on. You know what I mean? All yes, right. sir. Yes, uh, sir. Thank uh, you, too. I'll holler at you, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, how about Raider? All right, big bro. All right, my man. How about Raider Rack? You're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, how you doing? I'm blessed, um, man. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Hey, uh, Derek Burgess. Oh, yeah. He was the sack leader I, for a long time. I, I, I believe he still owns the single-season sack record for the Raiders. I'm not sure, but I would think he does. But, yeah, he uh, he wrecked shop there for a couple of years for us. And then uh, I think he signed with New England, and uh, I don't know exactly what happened to him. But um, I'm with you as far as the – I think the final piece to our free agent uh, spree would be Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's obviously a great scheme fit for what Patrick Graham wants to do on the defense. Right. I agree. I agree. And he knows that scheme already, so it makes a lot of sense. And that would be the one, man. That would be the icing on the cake. Absolutely. I agree with you. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, Derek Burgess is still the all-time uh, season single season record uh, holder for, for sacks for the Raiders was 16, he, he said, in 2005. So Burgess was Excellent. the guy. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, good call, man. That was a fantastic one. I like you brought up Derek Burgess. Thank you so much for that call. Let's get uh, Juan the Smasher. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm chilling, man. How you doing? Man, I just flew to San Francisco yesterday. I'm on the 580 heading to Turlock. I got a quinceanera on Saturday. Man, we finna turn up, bro. We're going to get some Coronas and Modelos. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, honestly, uh, I just want to pay respects to my jefito. Jefito is dad in Spanish. But, yeah, I'm going to go pay my respects. I have not visited his grave in, in Turlock since 2016. I, I, it, you know, it's just been a while. But uh, he was a Niner fan. And uh, me growing up, I didn't know any better. I was just over here playing Super Mario and Sonic and stuff. And then he's... He gave me a Niner jersey, and then my uncle, his little brother, was a Raider fan. He punked me. He was like, you ain't getting in this car unless you become a Raider fan. So look at me now. I've been a Raider fan since 97. Nice. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, man. Be out. Be safe out there on those streets and have fun at the uh, Quinceanera, man. Hey, thank you, Q. I appreciate it. Oh, man, those, those, those Quinceaneras going to get crazy. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, I know. You ain't got to tell me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know I know. If anybody yes, knows, I know. Hold <laughs> 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 that. Hold that, bro. <laughs> hey, that, that's right, player. That's hey, turn right, up. Boy. Turn up, homeboy. Turn up. <laughs> hey, thank you. You, and you have a pleasure. All right, man. You too. Definitely appreciate you. Great call right there for Juan. The Smasher is about to he about to make it happen. I'll tell you what, the kids in Yetta, I know that means 15, and I know that's a 15-year-old celebration, but that ain't for the kids, man. That party is the party for the adults. Used to turn up at those things, man. I, man I'm letting myself. I'm, I'm, letting, I'm letting all the evidence out. 2.57 is the time. We'll come back. we got Cover 3, some NFL news and notes. We'll hear some more from Mel Kuyper. Plus, we'll hear some more, more from you. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.